0: Hello, good evening, and welcome to The Game is About Glory. I'm your host, Steph, and joining me tonight in our look back at the 2-0 victory over Nottingham Forest at the city ground are Milo and Caroline Stefko, joining us for the first time, star of N17 Women, Tottenham Depot, or Depot, if you're in America, and the Spurs Across the Pond newsletter. Caroline, welcome. How are you?
1: I'm doing really great. Thanks for having me. It's exciting to to come on the pod.
0: Excellent. Uh yeah, it's a privilege to have you on and I uh, just 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 one thing before we get going. It'll probably be two. So I'll say one, but here we go. Um how did you become a Spurs supporter?
1: Well, I had watched the Premier League previously um back like in middle school and I had never picked a team. I was kind of like, you know, the FIFA idea of the modern fan just following players. That was totally me. <laughs> Uh, But after the last World Cup in 2018, I I just realized how much I missed watching it. And I was like, I'm going to pick a team and I'm going to stick with them. And there's there's a lot of different reasons that I ended up settling on Spurs. You know, part of it is the obvious name connection with my local NBA team, the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, That was too big of a coincidence not to see as a sign. But I also just I fell in love with Sun immediately, and just a lot of the other players on that 2018-19 roster. So yeah, and I, I liked the way they played. You know, the the Pochettino very attacking mm. style was very oh, infectious.
0: Pochettino, I know.
1: You know, <laughs> you, know you know, you know,
0: you know, he will always be my long lost lover.
1: Yep, I believe Maurizio. it. <laughs> I,
0: I I love I, I still love him, even though Antonio has got my heart now. But
1: yeah, we're uh, we're in, we're in cool. a good place now. But pochettino we're was the good, one. Oh
0: my word we're in a good place now though aren't we just tell us a little bit about what you do caroline
1: yeah so i started writing this newsletter called spurs across the pond purely because i needed an outlet to get out all my feelings about tottenham hotspur that was really it you know i was like i don't know if anyone's actually going to end up reading this i just need to get it out um because writing has really been my first love in life and from that i just no I started what are you talking to about <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm more of a writer than a, than a podcaster. It's been a bit of a learning curve there. But as I was doing the newsletter, I started to meet more Spurs fans online on Twitter, mostly, and ended up getting in touch with um, Dakota, one of my co hosts from the Tottenham Depot. And he asked me to come on as sort of a, I guess you could say correspondent about the women's team, because um, they were wanting to, you know, increase their coverage around the women's team at the time. So that's kind of how I got started with them, and then uh, I I also made some contacts with some people who wanted to do a podcast solely about the women's team because we felt like that was you know there was a lack of coverage around the women's team just amongst you know Spurs content creators in general because um, you see other teams in the WSL they have their kind of dedicated pods and there wasn't really anything for Spurs women so we decided to start N17 Women. And, you know, all of us were kind of new to creating a podcast. Um, so it's been an interesting journey getting it started. But we've really been grateful for the reception that we've had in the Spurs community. You know, we get people telling us that, you know, this podcast was needed. This was like the push that they needed to learn more about the team and you know, get involved.
2: I really love Spurs Across the Pond. It's my favorite Spurs newsletter. Oh, thank by you. I think, it's, I think it's really good. And N17 Women is also brilliant. I mean, you, you spotted the gap. And I think, you know, there are other pods who are kind of covering the women's team, but not in the depth that it needed. And, I think it's really Mm -hmm. good to have a dedicated pod there and uh, covering it. And it's been fantastic so far.
1: Thanks.
0: Yeah. Point our listeners towards a particular episode or two of N17 Women that you would recommend to them just to get their feet wet and get in there.
1: Yeah, I think I would just recommend our first two episodes simply because in the first one, we were just explaining our motivation for starting the pod, how we all became Spurs Women fans and why we're so excited about the team. Um, and I know right now, like post-Euros, everyone is excited about mm. watching women's football. Um, and then in our second episode, which is called Tackling Tottenham Women, we literally go through the squad player by player. So if you're wanting to jump into watching the team and supporting them this season, that's a good place to start. So you're going to learn about everyone from our you know, goalkeepers all the way up to the forward line. It's
2: a really good episode, that one.
0: And just to be just to be sure, I mean, uh, people can find you everywhere. At all the usual podcast platforms, am I correct?
1: Yes, yeah, we're on all the all the major platforms, as far as I'm aware. Um, and you can also find us on Twitter at n seventeen women. Great. We've got all our links there too.
0: So, if you want to find the Spurs across the pond newsletter, please visit Caroline at her Twitter account, which is at cgstefko, and it is on the review platform which is Twitter's platform. So there it is. It's all nicely parceled up. Subscribe and you can read Caroline's uh, erudite thoughts uh, on on Spurs weekly. Uh, it's It's a good thing. And you write about all sorts of Spurs stuff in Across the Pond. Let's just make that clear. It's not, it's men, women, whatever. It's all, it's all things Tottenham related, which is great. I have one more question for you before we go to the week that was. Um, we have uh, been having a bit of fun here uh, trying to imagine which players in the squad would make good DJs just because I, I can't remember what the, the root of that was, but it was, uh, seemed like a good thing to go into. So I'm going to ask you, who in the women's side do you think would make the best DJ and what sort of tunes are they going to be spinning
1: you know I just don't know too much about their individual music taste at this point but I think Karis Harrop seems like one of the most sort of energetic and involved presences in the dressing room so I feel like even if her taste in music wasn't great she would get the honors anyway
0: (laughs) what would not great be are you are you saying she's more she's gonna like start playing hardwell and things like that (laughs) <laughs> oh
1: I, I I don't even know I mean you the UK music scene is so it's a whole different beast to okay. what we have All here right.
0: in America. so <laughs> I got you. I got you. All right. Well, very good. Well, we thank you again for being here. And uh, now you can fold into uh, Milo's and mine's uh, waffleage about things like the week that was, which we're going to start now, and the game to come. So we're going to start with the week that was. The Champions League group has been drawn. Thursday night saw that draw. And we've got Eintracht Frankfurt, Sporting Clube de Portugal, which is Sporting Lisbon to you and I, uh, and Olympic Marseille. Our first group stage game will be Marseille at home on September 7th. Uh, Not long to wait. And I will just add, we end the campaign away at Marseille, which uh, I kind of wish that was coming a little sooner. I don't want to have to go to Marseille needing anything. But what do you both think of the draw? Caroline, you first.
1: I think it's just about the most favorable draw we could have gotten from the options available. It's not that these teams don't have their challenges, like as you've alluded to, Marseille away is an incredibly hostile environment to be in. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, at that point, we're not needing anything out of that game, uh, just in case. But you know, w- with Eintracht Frankfurt, I'm a big Bundesliga fan, so usually I'd be out here defending them. But they they really have not been good. Like that Europa League title was kind of an anomaly in their season last year, and they've started just as poorly this year so
0: crikey caroline is coming in big
2: here milo i like this <laughs> was it eighth they finished last season
1: i think it might have been 11th honestly
2: right okay yeah not good <laughs> um, i would say marseille changed manager in this in the summer as well they had a you know a good season last year mm-hmm. but they've changed manager so that could be a-
0: was that sam is that was that was that who it was it was
2: right yes he was yeah fiery fiery fellow they've yeah. taken the manager from hellas verona I agree in terms of the, the draw. It's um, it's about as good as we could have hoped for. What is kind of concerning is the yeah, how many games there are to play between now and the World Cup. It's was it 19 games in 11 weeks, and then you've got an international break at the end of September
0: yeah, and
2: Chris. at the end of mm-hmm. October. So we've got nine games in October and four games in nine days at the end of the month. I, I think um, it, you know, any 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 players going to the World Cup that are playing in the Premier League could be. Um, kind of arriving in bandages and then in terms of the run i think immediately after that september international break we've got arsenal away in the league and then frankfurt away and then brighton and frankfurt at home um which feels like a very tough run of fixtures and it can be um yeah, form can go out the window a little bit off the back of an international break as well so that could be um a, you know really tough run of games at a point where we probably don't want it
0: I think the biggest issue I have with the group, and of course I have to have one, uh, yes, it is uh, decent enough on paper, but I also do feel that sometimes players themselves respond to having a sort of a huge tie, like a big night, a big European night. And whilst all of these clubs are, as we've established, decent clubs, none of them are what you would call, you know, naming lights clubs. I mean, this could just as easily be a, a tough Europa League. Uh, draw if you were looking at it on paper uh, and, and, and I do wonder you know when you've got all those games coming it would be nice to maybe have a little bump up I think personally something to push you a little bit and motivate you I don't know I mean right. I did witness the 7-2 against Bayern Munich <laughs> so I may <laughs> maybe this is a better a better path <laughs> I having said that that was that did have 45 minutes of the greatest football we've played in Europe for yeah. a long time I must say that but anyway, anyway 90 minute game isn't it <laughs>
2: I'm always happy to take the course of least resistance with this, you know. If a soft group is great. If we can get out of the group, that's brilliant. Uh, I'm happy yeah, no, to draw the right. weakest weakest uh, team in every round until we get to the final. And uh, because no no one remembers at the end of the day. So no,
0: I mean it's a completely lo- your path is completely logical, and I think any any uh, sound football brain would agree with it. Mine is absolutely uh, you know bathed in romantic rose water and and you know all sorts of stuff that's flowery and b- pretty and I would love to have a glory night in September but you're right let's
2: just get through the group and we'll be done yeah unlike us to play to type isn't it Steph you know <laughs> fear, fear of getting <laughs> no, but type you're cast, right isn't it <laughs> no, no 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 but but
0: you're right practically speaking you're right let's just all agree that we do not want anything to be resting on going to Marseille in early November a a we really don't need that before we agreed. play Liverpool
2: at home and then yeah Forest in the League Cup so it's just yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty uh, pretty relentless from here till yeah. till mid November.
0: I would like you to know that in my advancing years, my travel plans for that uh, particular week uh, will not be shifting to catch Marseille away they will be staying in place because i'm looking forward to attending the next game we're going to talk about here which is in the league cup draw the game at the city ground against nottingham forest i love an away day at the city ground i really do and this is just gonna be a cracking uh midweek game i think it's, it's between uh our games against liverpool and leeds and uh you know i think it's going to be a cracker and i think we're certainly going to see a lot of players that uh will be considered, quote-unquote, the second in their position that night. It seems inevitable, doesn't it, that that's going to happen? Um, Forrest will probably be doing the same. I think it'll be an exciting night. Yeah?
1: Yeah, I think that with Nottingham, we saw last season, um, they they love a cup run. And I think they have strengthened since their you know playoff promotion. And I'm sure we'll get onto that, talking about the game that we just played against them. But it's it's definitely going to be one that we can't take lightly i think and coming coming right you know after the liverpool game that's going to be a, a test of our depth for sure
2: oh yeah yeah i think it's probably difficult for us to guess who's still standing at that point um after yeah, we played <laughs> Uh, 17 games or whatever it is at that point uh, yeah 17 games at that point
0: I'm going to firmly predict that Clement Longley will start that game you you can put that prediction uh, just write that in indelible ink and see if I've made a muppet of myself here I believe Clement Longley will start against Nottingham Forest in the League Cup at the City Ground prediction yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll get to see uh, Pascotzi in a, in, a, in a first team um, oh your dream would game. come true
0: your Let's dream would right. come true <laughs> uh, well done I, by the way on managing to introduce his name into the pod for the first time this season well done you did such a good job in the last <laughs> the last season this is excellent he's off the board with Pat Skotsky which I've, I'm sure I've mispronounced but you didn't so um, excellent
2: no I think you're right I think probably both teams I mean Forest priority is going to be staying in the Premier League um, yeah. same as ours. is going to be qualifying for the Champions League and I think there's a fair chance that uh, both teams will be resting players for that game. Um, it's a decent tie. It keeps us honest, doesn't it? You know, oh, it we saw today that um, they'll give us a game, um, yeah. but it's also very winnable. So, yeah.
0: mm. big Fraser Forster between the sticks. Oh, it's going to be a good night out. I can feel it already. <laughs> Maybe the entire the game is about glory. Crew will make it up there. You never know. There'll be a few of us, I'm sure. But anyway. Should we go to transfer rumours? We should, because it is the last weekend we're going to have the chance to do it because it's, you know, it's hotting up. I mean, we're near the end here. The rumours are flying. The names are springing up left and right. Fantasy versus reality merchants are fighting for space. I mean, Wilfred Zahar's name has come up, although I will admit that I'm probably the only person who's been bringing that up in association with us. Um, but look, we're going to do our best to keep it lean on the Games About Glory, because there is an awful lot of fat swirling around out there uh, with regards to rumours and links. And again, it is the last week of business. So take that in mind and uh, and also understand that oh, there could be all sorts of things going on that we don't know. What we do know is that, Brian Hill appears to have an imminent arrival at Valencia. I mean, Gattuso has been saying that it's going to happen. He's been saying again today, and we're recording on Sunday, uh, that everything has been agreed on Hill and that they're just waiting for us to sign a replacement, which Gattuso is saying is 99% done. By the way, thank you to uh, Janar Gattuso for, uh, you know, being the PR mouthpiece for our club and signings when we've been keeping things very, very quiet. Um, Who can it be? Who can that replacement be?
2: I think it's going to be uh, Milanovsky from uh, Atalanta. You um, told
0: me it was going to be Paqueta. Sorry, that's I a didn't.
2: joke. <laughs> I know you did it. I'm winding you up. <laughs> um, no, you've been Milanovski. Malinovsky has been linked for a while. He's quite similar in profile to, to decky so um, would you know, would make good cover in that position. He liked the Premier League uh, on Twitter, he, he liked the Premier League tweet last weekend uh, where they gave the result of our game against Wolves. So I think it's the first ever time he's liked a Premier League tweet. It's Maybe him. His it's definitely him. <laughs> and I'd be very happy with that. He's a good player.
0: Yes, if we could physically get him to dye his hair ginger, physically he might fool a few people on the pitch as well. They might think it is a for the whole game, you see. So... Let's move on to Reggie. When I say Reggie, I mean Sergio Reggion. For Brizio Romano, that font of truth. I said that with my tongue partially in my cheek, is close to a move to Atletico Madrid as a replacement for forest bound Renan Lodi. It's very interesting because Forest were at one point close to signing Sergio Reguilon. So there's a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, you have him, we'll have him, and all this sort of shenanigans going on. Uh, the deal is said to be a loan with a no-buy option and, you know, I think we'd agree it's a bit of a shame because Reggie is obviously a talented and, 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 and smart player, but He's obviously not in Antonio's plans, so let's get it done, right?
2: Yep, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Charlie has said that it's happening as well tonight, so or this afternoon. So it um, definitely looks like it's on the cards. Good on the cards, it is. I, I think for him, Atletico Madrid is a really good move. I mean, it's it's. Um, I agree. You know, fantastic club. Um, I think the uh, the way they play will suit him. And, um, you know, some of our ex-fullbacks have done pretty well there, haven't
0: they? Yeah, I was about to say he can join our uh, travelling fullback society that we seem to be uh, building as a culture within the Atletico Madrid setup. Yeah, absolutely.
1: With Reggie, I think it's kind of unfortunate that he found himself in a squad that no longer suited his his particular skill set. So it's not surprising to see him, you know, going out on loan. And I wish him the best. You know, I think there's a talented player in there. And maybe he'll be a little more suited to, to playing back in the Spanish league.
0: I wish him the best. But I also now wish to become the world exclusive uh, for the for all Tottenham Hotspur supporters. I can tell you single-handedly where his career fell apart with Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. And it was when Jose Mourinho gave him that Christmas ham, that spa, that that expensive Spanish ham. I think that was the moment it all fell apart for him.
1: I think about that ham a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I just think about it because then shortly after, you know, there was the whole Christmas lockdown uh, breach with him yeah, and a few of the course. other players, and I just always yeah. thought he, he betrayed Jose's trust.
2: <laughs> it was the Argentinian players, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Looking mm-hmm. the gift pig in the mouth.
2: Hampered his career. <clears throat> I was just going to say, say cool. joining Atletico, presumably, is burning any chances of him ever going back to Real Madrid.
1: True.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think
0: that's fair to say. Yeah. Sorry, um, I thought you were segueing back in there for, to loop in with no. One I was do another. Joke. I
2: wasn't going to do another ham joke. If
0: I'd known you were going to state that, state that, we'd just push on because oh, he's never going to be allowed back into Real Madrid again. <laughs> ham or ham or no ham being involved. No, I agree. Uh, he has certainly hampered his chances of that ever happening again. Cool. Yeah, Harry Winks. Um, Fabrizio Romano has uh, has news on Harry Winks too. He's said to be close to joining Sampdoria on loan. And look, I, I personally, I really hope this happens for the player. I think uh, we've talked about this on this pod. I think he's been given a bum deal by our fans. I think there's still a really good player in there. He just hasn't suited the managers of late. He's always given everything he's got. He obviously loves this club. Let's let him free and let him find his career again, right? And Sampdoria is a good place. Do we think the Italian league, Serie A is going to be the place he can do it?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think he'll, he'll thrive there and I hope he does. You know, he's, he had such a promising start to his career and for it to fizzle out, you know, you hate to see that happen and yeah. <sighs>
2: I think he could do really well in Syria. Mm. I, I was a bit puzzled when there were stories last week about him saying that he'd prefer to stay in the Premier League. I mean, I, I'd bite your arm to, off to go and live in Italy for a, you know, a few years. Um, you know, better weather, well, better I'd food. i you know, bite your arm and mine, yeah. I'd
0: bite my own <laughs> arm off, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. I agree. You, you do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> don't understand.
2: Oh, dear. I, I've got horrible visions of you doing my arm turn. like a Serrano ham now. And... <laughs> and
0: There you go, you see. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah, no. Anyway, there's an armless joke in this. <laughs> yep, good move. Let, let, let's get out of this sticky pun territory that we, we, we could be bogged down in to go to Jaffet Tanganga, who, according to The Athletic, could be Nottingham Forest bound. My word, they popping up a lot in this pod? Um, and uh, they're interested in signing in, him uh, 20 million quid, 20 million euros. I'm not sure. What the euros, quid, euros, which is it?
2: Uh, euros. That wasn't a it's, typo.
0: It says euros. In... It wasn't a typo. I'm just making sure I'd like to be accurate because, of course, the euro to the pound is very different. So 20 million euros, apparently, are what we're looking for for him. Bournemouth are interested in taking him on loan. Uh, Jaffet, a little word of advice. I wouldn't go down there, sunshine, if I were you. I'd avoid it at all costs. Um, But
2: Too much like hard work. You'd be be a busy
0: boy at Bournemouth, wouldn't you? (laughs) Oh, my word. Deary me. Uh, But, you know, is Forrest a good move for him? I mean, do we want him to go? I mean, I know that Milo, you were pointing out last week that he's not, you know, again, he's another one who has a little bit of trouble passing uh, out of the back. But I mean, he's an aggressive defender, isn't he? I mean, do we we need to lose him right now?
2: Yes, I think we see on the right hand, our understanding of the right hand side shows us that just being aggressive isn't enough um to be effective and in a conte team you need to be able to pass and it hampers the whole team when you can't so i love him i think he's a really good player but he's not right for us not right for this manager um and he needs to be playing games he's not going to get that with us so he needs to move on i think one thing that is a shame for him because obviously you know we talked last week about kind of his slow motion move to ac milan and uh milan looked like they're going to sign a schalke center back malik Thior. Uh i think he's flying there at the moment for for medical so it looks like jaffet's missed missed his chance to go to milan and i know that i understand that his his agent is italian and he's been trying to work on a deal to syria for a while so um i'd imagine he's pretty gutted at the moment
1: wasn't it danny rose that also was convinced he was going to ac milan that's right not too long ago
2: (laughs) yeah it
0: was well it was well
1: with tanganga i think that when he first started breaking into the team, we initially thought he was going to be this really versatile player, uh, you know, who could play on either side, could even play centrally. And he just has not turned out to be quite as effective in all those different roles um, mm. in reality. So I I think he does need the move for his own career. It's, it's a shame, though, to lose a homegrown player when we are kind of thin on the ground with those right now. But yeah. it is what it is.
0: Yes, indeed. Uh- Moving on, uh, and by the way, I agree with what you both said there. Uh, Again, being a romantic, I still remember the Jaffet who was steaming up the outside in his first few games and looked like he actually could have developed into a wing-back, but that was never going to happen after a few games for sure. So you're both probably correct. And if we could get 20 million for him, Euros, um, yeah, good thing. Dynamo Kiev inside are reporting that Ilya Zabani... The 19-year-old Ukraine and Dynamo Kyiv centre-back will join a London club in the coming days. Ilya is a player that Alistair Gold said we were keeping an eye on at the very beginning of the window. <laughs> so that London club could well be us, couldn't it? Or could it? Or are we putting two and two together and getting six? What's going on here?
2: I think it is us, but I think he'll be going out on loan again. I think this is a Saar, um type type deal. He's, um, he's meant to be pretty good and... Certainly, what Annie Gold was saying at the beginning of the summer was that we were worried about missing out on him. So if we left, if we slept on it, left it a year, then a bigger club would come in for him. So I think this is us trying to get in while we while we can. But I don't think he's going to be the player coming in to replace Jaffet.
0: Interesting. Okay. Uh, look, there are so many rumors around at this moment uh, that we, we, we're, we're not going to we're not going to get into all of them. There's no point. And by the time we next talk about the transfer window, it will be done. And we'll be looking back at what has happened, and a lot is going to happen of that, I'm sure. But let's close it off by saying, if you could sign one player in the last few days of the window that we've been linked with, or is it in the realms of Paratici's little black notebook, who would it be, Caroline?
1: Well, before this morning, I might have said Alain St-Maximin, but it looks like he could have an injury concern after uh, the Newcastle game today. I also think that Ruslan Malinovsky, which I'm probably not saying, right? No, uh, oh, you said like, that
0: superbly. I, you can say it. If it comes up on this pod again, you'll have to step in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he could be quite a player. Um, I I personally kind of miss when you did not have so many rumors and it would just be a surprise. Um, I, I love a good surprise. So I would be fine with us making a complete out-of-left-field signing on deadline day. That would thrill me. <laughs>
0: Go on, 10 seconds to dream. Who's it going to be? Anyone, anyone. Anyone. You're a dreamer.
1: <laughs> well, the problem is the player that I really wanted um at the beginning of the window went to Dortmund. I really had my heart set on Nico yeah. um Ooh. to be a, a left centre-back option. And I was mm. I was pretty crushed, mostly because I'm a Bayern fan and hate Dortmund. But yeah, I really was hoping he was going to yeah. come to Spurs.
2: Hmm. So okay. a double whammy would have been good for Spurs and would have uh, denied Dortmund a good player.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Killing two birds with one stone.
2: <laughs> Milo? Bastoni. If we could get Bastoni done in the next few in the next few days, it we would be a significantly yeah. better team. I agree no, with that. No Bastoni waffle, would that. definitely be the one. And
0: and for what Yeah, I mean for what it's worth, are we dr- I mean should we just uh, let's just address this for a second. Are we dreaming and thinking that it could happen? I mean, has there been anything happening with Inter Milan in this window? Do they not need to shift some players? Am I imagining this?
1: Well, the sense that I get is that he he likes being at Inter Milan, but I think he could be persuaded for the right—I don't want to say right amount, but you know the right, the right deal and the right time. So it might not be this season, but
0: let's be honest, Caroline. If we give Inter Milan enough money, they'll convince him by putting a boot up his ass and saying, "Go!" I would think. Fair but enough. But I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, the, the question is if that's even real. That's that's what I
2: wonder. I mean. You know I, because I agree with you, Marlon. It would be, be an amazing signing. I think it's very unlikely, but you never know. I mean, Paratici will have his ear mm-hmm. to the ground, there might be issues yeah. there. He might, um, you know, might come in at the last minute, make them an offer they can't refuse. You know, regardless, I think I think the plan is to go in for him next summer. I think, um, yeah, think the reason why you know we've been looking at, um, kind of stop gaps and you know, brought Lengley in, and you know, there's no option on Lengley is is because that, um, mm-hmm. either bastoni or, or, or Cavadio, uh we're gonna go for next summer and try and bring them in if we could advance that a year that'd be magic yeah
0: yeah and in fairness again i think that you know that is the player uh i won't mention wilfred zaha i mean I, i've sort of got <laughs> excited about him again but
2: let's just <laughs> i i, uh, I, I know, think i think know, you went I early know, with that I zaha <laughs> tattoo steph i really do think that it was a little bit, little bit early <laughs> The thing is,
0: when we were linked with him before, I used to say waster, not worth our time, and now I just look at him
2: and I can see all the benefits. But anyway, Bastoni, I agree. Let's let's. Yeah. I just say on Saha briefly. I think I think if we hadn't brought in Richarlison, hmm. I think he would have made sense. I think you know when we were watching a Palace game last season, I think I'd, I'd said the same thing. Um, you know, but we've been linked with a load of. Yeah, kind of predominantly kind of pacey, um, right-footed players, and I don't see the sense in that because we've got Sun, we've got Richarlison. That's all tied up, Um, and Conte wants um, wants his wide forwards to come in on their stronger foot. So he's not he's not playing more at all for Deke. We're not seeing that sub. Yeah, you know, that was our first sub last season. We haven't seen it at all this season. This is what makes me wonder if there's a surprise in there. Yeah, if we've got a gap in the side, it's definitely it's definitely a left footer who can play on the right. Um, and yeah, yeah if we are yeah. interested in any of these kind of fast right right footers, I, I just wonder whether they're actually it's a wing back rather than as a, a as a um, inside forward. In which case, we've, we're we're going to see a lot of um, uh, wing backs leave before now and at uh, the yeah. end of what Thursday. Um because we're absolutely stacked in that position.
0: I know, and I know I said that I wasn't going to go through rumours and there's tons of them, but here I am still, you know, wandering around the little back alleys of rumourdom and I can't go on to the Forest game without asking about this guy because he is becoming the Leandro Damiao of modern times in terms of transfer window (laughs) speculation. I am, of course, talking about Adama Triori. I mean, come on, is this real at all? Why does this name keep coming up? I mean, is it in any way real?
1: Somebody wants it to be real. Someone who keeps feeding it to the media.
2: <laughs> I think I'd prefer him to Mora. We'd need quite. I say, as I said before, you know, with the right footer come, coming in, I think we need to see quite a few uh, right wing backs leave. But if, for instance, Doherty and Mora left and trory came in, and then you've got an option in a couple of positions, and I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be completely against that. Right. Yep. Yeah. But if he was coming in to be Deke's understudy, I'd be pretty underwhelmed.
0: So there we have it. Jude Bellingham, deadline day signing to Gazunt <laughs> Liverpool for what they did to us. at Luis Diaz confirmed for you there in our transfer window review on The Game Is About Glory. You heard it here first.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'd be happy with Shall that.
0: Shall we go to the city ground and what happened there earlier today? Shall we do that? Yeah. Against Nottingham Forest, um, a 2-0 victory in the end. Um, I think, you know, as we always do with uh, our game reviews, let's take a look at the first two points here in, in collection. Team selection and how we played overall. Um, Caroline, if you want to kick us off, that would be great.
1: Yeah, I did not have any problem with the starting lineup. Um, it's, it's what I would have picked. And I think Sanchez deserves some... Uh, props for you know slotting in seamlessly for Romero again just like he did at the end of last season. You know, we we tend to keep clean sheets with him on the pitch. So, totally happy with that. And Perisic, I think did not have quite as good of a game today as he as we've seen him in the previous matches. Um, but I, I I I love him. He was my favorite transfer of the summer. And otherwise, I think I wasn't expecting to see any other changes. I guess you could argue that Sun is still in his sort of beginning of the season slow wind up, um, mm-hmm. which is a little little sad to see as someone who Sun is my favorite player. Uh, he, but I think he's a player that you kind of have to keep in the lineup because he needs to he needs the minutes to work his way into form. I don't. I don't think benching him is usually the solution. Um, the The thing is, I know in your last episode you were talking about how Richarlison entering the squad has kind of complicated that question regarding Sun, mm-hmm. because now we do have that really high quality option to replace him when he is out of form, and you know, it's. I I understand people can make the argument to have Richie starting over Sun, but. I kind of like what Richarlison has been bringing as an impact sub in these games. He's, he's literally, I think provided us a huge spark every time he's come on. So I don't want to lose that either. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I do. Do know what you mean? I, I wonder whether he might bring that huge spark from the beginning as well. Um, I thought, so I agree with you in terms of selection. I don't think there was a huge amount of choice in that. I suspect that we'll see quite a lot of changes uh, on Wednesday night, or at least a couple of changes on Wednesday night. I thought in terms of how we played overall, it was our typical slow start to a game that we've, well, a goal aside, um, that we've seen this season. Actually, I mean, it's been a pretty constant under Conte, to be honest with you. I think uh, typically we've had better second halves than first halves under Conte. Obviously the early goal was good. It um it gave us a you know decent cushion and it, I think we were always likely to be able to keep Forrest at arm's length, which is what we did. Um but then you know after that there was fifteen, twenty minutes that wasn't too pretty. We sat back and just soaked it up and looked to hit them on the break. Um I thought we finished the first half better than that, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the most thrilling performance we're gonna put in this season. Um, but it was kind of it was job done really.
0: Yeah, I I I agree. I mean, look, I'm a fan of letting Sonny play through his his patch. I think it's really important. I do think Richarlison is going to start games, but I think that's going to be based on you know scientific minutes versus any perceived drop in form. I actually think Sonny's been playing pretty well. It's just he's been much more in the graft department than he has been perhaps in the production department. Albeit he hit the post last week, and you know he's getting closer to finding his range. He had a beautiful shot there in the first half, which I think. If it's going his way, is going to dip in just under the bar. They just missed the top right-hand corner. Um, yeah, no, I I, I think we're going to have to get used to these first halves if we haven't already. We have been seeing them for several months. Um, they just to be more confident in this first uh, few games of the season. We, you know, teams are coming at us early, early doors and so we are you know we're keeping up with what's coming at us and we're doing what we need to do and you know i, I think we're seeing this pattern with with Conte and we we have the question here in the notes whether you know cliche alert was this another game of two halves i think it's probably safe to say it was right mm-hmm. i mean you know first half we sat we soaked things up we blew some chances i mean two good chances to be 3-0 up at half time two very good chances um you know and then second half a little more purpose a little more belief a little more Davinson uh, you know uh, Emerson make sure that you actually do try and push up a little more be a little more courageous on the ball I don't know it feels like a very familiar pattern
2: certainly in this game I think the difference in the second half points towards the players not doing what Conte wanted in the first half Um, I thought when we were sitting back after we scored as, as with last week and 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 against Chelsea, actually, we, we struggled to play out from defence. Um, not for the same reasons because Forest weren't pressing us like Wolves or Chelsea did, but we still struggled to, 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 to hold to the ball. You know, I think quite often, you know, people were receiving the ball with backs with their backs to goal and um, and 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 struggled to find a kind of progressive pass. You know, then we'd lose possession in midfield, and whilst they didn't tr- create a huge number of chances, it's a bad habit to get into inviting pressure. And I thought, you know, the second, the second half, we came out with a lot more purpose. We we're a lot more aggressive, playing on the front foot a lot more, you know, getting forward, committing men forward. Um, and, and I thought we looked a lot better.
1: Yeah, I think you're right to point out that it's not a good habit to get into to be, I don't want to say writing off the first half, but certainly not taking it by control. Because um, when we're playing teams that are, you know, have their wits about them, like Liverpool, like City... Mm. That could be a really dangerous um, situation where we get into a hole where we're down a goal or two. And, you know, I think we, our mentality has improved.
0: I, I appreciate that point on both your sides. it. I mean, those are different. Types of games. And these games are about. I mean, these are you're managing enthusiastic young bucks here, like coming at you tenfold. And I still think if we take one of those two very easy chances that we had that we missed in the first half, uh, you know, the game could actually have become a blowout.
2: I think there's a difference between the kind of talking about the scoreline and the performance. The performance was still a bit. You know, it wasn't great. I think. Pedestrian. You know, I think you're right. I think we could. You know, we could have scored more. Yeah, but we we weren't we weren't playing great, and we were giving forest chances it's a pedestrian no, I think, first half I, I, I think part of the reason why we uh we do that we you know we, we sit back is that we're trying you know we we're relying on our superior fitness you know it's tiring for teams mm-hmm. to have the ball and try and attack us relentlessly and we're pres- we're conserving energy and uh, you know then and then you know once they've tired themselves out we up our level and uh, and run away with the game I, I think that's the game plan um it's just sometimes it's not very pretty to look at and i think there's also a a kind of expectations management thing here isn't there i think fans we, you know, we're playing forest who are a newly promoted side and a lot of our fans expect them to you know to, to blow them you know to blow them away and you know it wasn't that
0: i i, I agree yeah. let's look at Sonny for a moment uh and say i mean a point blank question did you see signs of him coming out of his uh you know of his sort of fairly stodgy form I mean he certainly he looked pretty stroppy coming off the pitch which I think is a great sign I mean it shows that he's angry and hungry at the same time I've no problem with that um what did you think I thought he looked I thought he looked like he was starting to find himself
1: yeah and I mean you're right he's he knows it's not up to his standard and it's not that he hasn't been involved in the in the first few games and I think there were just times today when he didn't always make the right decision or he wasn't quick enough making his decision. Um, the one that, that comes to mind is he had that opportunity where I think Henderson, it might have been like a double save kind of situation, but he, yes, he should cat,
0: not have been shooting
1: yeah. at all because he should have found the pass to Perisic, I thought. But he's the kind of player that even if he's not having the best game, he's still is finding a way to contribute. I think, like you said earlier, more of the graft than the, the end product this time. Mm. But, you know, yeah. he still has an assist already this season. His his goals are going to come. So I, I think he just has to play through it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I thought he was a little bit better today than he was... Last week, um, I thought he was pretty decent against Southampton. I think you know, kind of again a lot of the narrative about this is he's been awful all season. Where, yeah, you know, so I thought he was pretty decent against Southampton. I agree. I thought James did an excellent job of against uh, on him again uh, for, uh, for Chelsea, um, and he really struggled to get into that game. Uh, which is understandable. Uh, Rhys James is an excellent defender, and uh, Chelsea came with a, a plan to deal with him and and executed it really well. Um, he didn't have the best game last week. I thought he was a little better today. The chance where he was offside. You know, if he timed his run a little better, I think it's disappointing that at the end of that he didn't put the put it away. Because even if uh, he's offside, at least he's put the ball in the net and he might have got yeah, a bounce off that. that. I thought yep. that was a really good chance. Um, but he'll find his form soon enough. Um, but I do think that. I know this is a question we've got later on, but I think Richarlison is really knocking on the door and his ball for Kane's goal and the work he did to recover the ball after uh, Sessegnon held onto the ball, you know, delayed his pass a little bit too much. But Richarlison's work for that was superb. Um, And I think it's going to be difficult to ignore.
0: Before we come on to that, and we'll we'll make that our next point, because you're right, it is in the notes, but let's bring it forward. Um, I do want to ask, and this is a wildcard question I have, and it (laughs) it relates to a bit of a conundrum, actually, uh, with Davidson Sanchez and and Emerson Royale. Nothing new there. We've talked about this. Neither of them are particularly progressive or capable. As, as passers or carriers of the ball out of defense or you know good to being able to play a good ball out do we think that Sonny is suffering a little bit from not having Romero cut being able to push forward and find him quickly with maybe a long ball a long ball through or an earlier you know when Romero's progressing that attack, quicker sonny's such an instinctive and fast player maybe that ball moves forward a little a little faster through the gears and maybe it finds him a little ahead of the you know before he gets two men on him maybe he's a little easier to mark out of the game because we are a little slower coming out of defense Uh, the flip side of that is as we said you know we've had two clean sheets with Davinson sanchez at the back but i mean today to me was a game that romero would have probably helped us get another couple of goals Uh, am i am i Pulling one out there, or does anyone see any common sense in that?
1: Yeah, I think that's fair, and I think it's not just Romero being absent, but also just the fact that we're not really getting enough out of our midfield as well, creatively. You know, I think we've we've kind of struggled to take control of the game from the midfield all season so far. I don't know. I guess I guess on that note, I would want to see a little more from Bentancur in that mm-hmm. respect. He did have um, a great
0: second half. It must he be did. said he was tireless in the second half.
1: Yeah, he does so many other things that are important that I I don't I don't want him to not be there, but um we right, just right. You're right, though, Sonny. He's not getting the delivery that I think we would like him to see right now.
2: I mean, obviously, you put Romero in the side, we're, we're a lot better, you know, immediately. Um, you know, he, he's a better defender than Sanchez, and, he, and and he's a lot better on the ball. He brings the ball out uh, better. Um, you know, the midfielder are getting better passes. He's got a nice cross field pass that can release Sun early, um, and he'll play better pool, balls for Royale to to uh, run onto. So, you know, he. he Will you know, improve us immeasurably. Um, I think probably Sun wasn't helped today by Perisic having a not great game, or certainly not on the. You know, he, he put in some great crosses, uh, but in terms of actually um, running the line and supporting him, I don't think he was particularly good today. Um, you know, I think there's a there's a number of things here. Predominantly, I just think Sun's yeah. in a bit of a sticky run of form. He'll come out the other end of it. Um, you know, we're picking up results while that goes on so you know Kane is playing he's in in top form he started the the season really well yeah I'm not too worried about it he'll turn it around
0: and by the way before we before we go on to uh, to Richarlison here let's just uh, a little appreciation for Harry Kane's goal which you know I mean again he's sort of used the defender as a shield and just you know just popped the ball into the corner I mean it was a it would look like a fairly routine finish but again that's instinct, timing, or all, all, everything. It was a really nice finish.
2: The work from Koleszewski to get the um, to get the ball when it came oh, into uh, onto the halfway line. He really bust a gut to get to that, didn't he? And then his vision to find the pass. Yes. And I mean, sorry, it's only just yes. occurred to me. I didn't think about this during the game, but actually, there's quite there's similarities between the. Um, the assist or the, you know the work leading up to both goals in the different areas of the pitch um but both you know Richarlison busted the gut to get over and recover a ball and put in a fantastic part, you know yeah. cross to Kane at the back post and then Dekey um you know ran half the width of the pitch in order to uh you know pick up a stray ball uh made, you know, made a very direct run and then um effectively played a a blind pass into into Kane to put to put him through um so i think it's very you know it's really encouraging that those yeah, both goals effectively came from players chasing lost causes.
0: Yeah, and let's and and from that, let's just talk about the the well probably the t- incidents in the second half that stuck out the most. Um, starting first of all with one of Perisic's uh, excellent crosses, the ball's going across. It looks nailed on that Harry's going to stick his massive forehead onto it and just tap it home from a few yards. Until uh, I believe it was Cook, was it not? Who jumped up and uh, flipped it away with his hand? Yep, clear penalty given and then we get a var um trying to figure out whether this is whether this was denying a goal scoring opportunity or not um this is one i think for the small print uh the small print rule people i mean spiritually to me there was a red card i'm not sure if my uh emotional opinion is supported by the facts um so let's look at the cross obviously another brilliant cross from perisic i mean he wasn't you know crosses were good today but is it a red card should he have gone
1: you know the tricky thing with that situation was that I think the the reason Kane might not have been getting to that header is is not the player who used his hand, but the other mm. player that was Pushing marking back. Kane. So it's mm. kind of a tricky thing. It's like combined, it feels like a red card offense, but that's not how it works.
0: That's <laughs> mm. yeah, um, interesting. You mean he was already getting a shove in the back, as Yes. He got a big shove in the
2: back, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I find it difficult to get too worked up about these things. I mean, you know, I've looked at it a few times. I think Kane probably would have got there, but I mean, you know, we got the we got the, the penalty was good, given anyway. Um, so you know, between you know, the toss between a yellow yeah. and a red, I don't, you know, and well, I, you know, we, it, it didn't saw, make any difference on it didn't make any difference on the result.
0: Yeah, but do you think you're softened up a little bit by the fact that it's not Forest and we like not Forest and it's okay? I mean, if that had been Arsenal, we'd have been absolutely screaming for a red card, wouldn't we? I mean, screaming
2: for it. I, I certainly would have felt a lot angrier about it than I did. Uh, than I did because it was Forrest. I mean, the, the hand in the back wasn't dissimilar to the hand in the back we got in the no. North London Derby in the run-in, which did result in a penalty. Yeah, true, yeah. but that wasn't looked at by far. I don't know. I just, I just, it didn't have any impact on the game. It didn't have any impact on the outcome of it. I, you know, it's right. It, it, yeah, it, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't the kind of thing. You know, yes, he handled it. Um, yes, he probably did you know, move it away from Kane's Kane's forehead. The the ones that I get wound up about is when someone's coming in, studs up on a knee and it doesn't get given or something like that and it endangers another player. It didn't endanger another player, you know, it's just one of those things, you know. I can't be quite as generous as you, I have to be
0: honest. I know what you're saying, but it could have cost us a point.
2: It feels more orange than red is what I'm yeah. saying
1: well okay. it's I think yeah. it's one that we're not going to linger on all season you know the way there have been some missed calls Steph will
2: yeah,
0: because it was Nottingham no Steph won't because it wasn't a, Arsenal <laughs> no he doesn't it was because it wasn't Arsenal it wasn't Chelsea and it wasn't West Ham so Steph in the third person is quite alright with it and as a matter of fact felt a little glow of oh it's alright I quite like Forrest I don't mind 11 v 11 I was quite alright with it actually so, uh, so no but uh, but what I wasn't all right with was after the penalty save, and let's just go early on this and let's just have an appreciation of, of well, it was, a, it was not one of Harry's better penalties, I didn't think. It was a no. savable height, right? We'd agree with that. I mean, there were five minutes between the penalty being given and taken, which something has to be done about that sort of time. Uh, elapsing I mean that's ludicrous to me I mean especially if we're you know especially if nobody cared anyway it's like just give him the bloody yellow and then just look at VAR say, now oh, we're all right it's not Arsenal West Ham or Chelsea just move on we're fine let him stay on it's okay we like Nottingham Forest so if we'd have just done that maybe he'd have scored you know
2: <laughs> quite happy to become a Premier League ref Steph I mean I, I, I'm criminally underqualified for it but um...
1: <laughs> that's a thankless job you don't need that <laughs>
2: I yeah, no sympathy yeah. for me but yes you're and, right and, but come and, on and Gareth would never forgive me if I, if I leapfrogged him in, in the ref uh, pecking order to go straight to the Premier League it would um that would be quite something it, there'd be tension in the camp I think
0: That would be quite something. But let me ask both of you, because this really did wind me up far more than red cards or anything. If you were wearing a cap in goal, which I know is a controversial thing for you already, Caroline. Um, But that being said, given that we've allowed that it's okay, he can wear a cap because the sun's in his eyes. You've saved the penalty from your international teammate, uh, squad teammate, I should say, because Dean Henderson is not the England international goalkeeper. You've made a save, uh, you know. How much celebration is acceptable? I thought that it was... I thought he's running around the penalty box, twirling his cap uh, for like five minutes or however long it was. was ludicrous. Am I alone in this?
1: I think you have to put it in the context that, as I think he may have literally said this, uh, Dean Henderson, that his last season was just a waste of a season. So he's got to be feeling pretty amped right now just to be starting in goal for one thing. But... I believe this was his second penalty save in two matches. That's right. So he's you know, he's feeling good about himself. He's he's back on the pitch. So it's I think it was just a an outburst of emotion that's understandable when you put it in context. <laughs> Oof,
2: well, uh, Milo? Um, I'm still distracted by you saying imagine I was wearing a baseball cap. I mean that that's never happened. Um I agree with the Libertines, there's fewer more distressing sights than that of an Englishman in a baseball cap.
0: I, I agree with that, actually. Maybe one of the only decent things Pete Dodd has ever said in his life, but yes, I agree. Yes, quite.
2: It wouldn't happen, even if I was blind from the sun in my eyes. I would um, I'd squint and see through. Well, actually, I'd, I wouldn't have my glasses on, so I wouldn't be able to see anyway, so it wouldn't make any difference. I'd say you wouldn't have saved the Harry Kane penalty, is what we've actually deduced from this, unless you'd had an... <laughs> I chuck myself in the in the general direction I thought it was going in, and hope for the best, which which um, was very similar to my penalty saving technique when I when I could see. Oh, there we go.
0: Very good. And I'm and a final question on Dean Henderson. Are, are we all in agreement that this is a man who has a massive rude spoiler? Those, uh, those rims that move and, and, and doubtless one of those loud uh, aggravating mufflers that when he drives his like Cadillac escalator aggravates you. He just, he just, I, I don't know. He screams tacky to me.
2: Am I, am I being too personal here? I can't say I see it, Steph. I, I, I think he's a fantastic signing for forest. I think he's a really good goalkeeper. Um, I would have been very, very happy if I mean, yeah, you know, he wouldn't wanted to leave uh, Man United's bench for hours, but I would have been very happy to um, to have brought him in. I think he's I think he's a, good, a really good signing for them.
1: And I just feel a lot of sympathy for him. You know, the the United situation was just very unfortunate. Yeah. So I think it's a good thing for him that he's getting this opportunity with Forrest and it's a good fit for but both.
0: The, just to be clear, I'm not talking about his ability. I think it's. he's doubtless an excellent keeper and as a matter of fact I think Manchester United might well in time have seen that they've made a major error in sticking with De Gea who seems to be tiring of life um, over Henderson who seems to be uh, somewhat full of it I just thought it was tacky That's, that's, that's my take on it I really did doff your cap get on with it That's my thing.
2: Let people enjoy it. Enjoy it. I don't mind. You know, it's like people were moaning about Richarlison uh, doing the keepy-uppies. You know, it's a sport. It's No, no. That's
0: a different thing. We're getting on to that. Is it though?
2: (laughs) Yes, it is. Yes, it is different. Yes, it's part of the game, playing football. It's entertainment. Let's not please this. Just let's have fun and who cares? Oh, dearie me. I've got no supporters tonight.
0: Well, anyway, I thought he looked tossy. So I'm sticking with that. And if it makes me look like a hypocrite to talk about Richarlison, which we are about to right now, that is fine by me. Uh, as 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 Milo knows, I, I love Richarlison. I I I liked him at Everton. I was never that wound up by him, even though he is a merchant of the highest order. Ooh, he you was in liar. full merchant parade today. He was in full merchant I parade. I
2: remember you going on big rants about him, rolling around on the floor and being...
0: I don't remember. I, I actually really don't. You'll have to point them out to me because he's a player I've always quite liked. I might have had a little moan, but no, he's never been one that really wound me up. There are many others, but he was not one of them. But I, you know, I'm there to be corrected. Dig it, dig it out. I'd be happy to hear it. As you well know, and this is uh, this is true as well. I was delighted when we signed him. I mean, I was really yeah. excited, and I think he's uh, proven to be a great fit for us. Um, and he was in full house mode today wasn't he? I mean, from getting, from making sure that the uh, the boot he got in the knackers was uh, was played out to full theatrical effect um, that was, I mean, he certainly rolled around for probably a minute or two longer than he should have to the uh, aforementioned keepy-uppy which, in fairness, he got done for. <laughs> he got that thunderous tackle in response uh, that was, I thought that whole passage of play was fun, I mean, fair enough but, you know, I, yeah, I, I must admit I don't get wound up by, by players doing that kind of thing i presume that in the professional code it's disrespectful but whatever i don't mind about that
2: he wasn't he, he was on his own he was isolated it wasn't as if he was doing it right. next to someone Correct. else or kind of mugging them off or anything like that it didn't feel like that yeah. but i mean it's great but but yeah. but if if you're good enough to do it and get away with it then good luck to you is my view and absolutely you know it, you know it's, it's cost us 60 million quid but we finally found a replacement for lamella you know it's it's um it's good <laughs> oh he's got some he's Got some tech as well, isn't he? That let, let's let's
0: just let's get to it. You talked about he everything about Kane's second goal. Just g- it gave you Richarlison in all his glory, as you pointed out, Milo. You had the the, the incessance and the work rate to recover that ball, and then you just had that insurmountable flick of the boot, curving a ball with the outside of that of that right boot in just spectacular fashion. I mean, on. A, what, on a postage stamp on a sixpence whatever the yeah. phrase is you know just beautiful i mean it actually took my breath away i love passes like that and there he was so let's talk about it
2: and he was right out on the touchline as well so it was you know traveled a fair distance and then as you said landed on a on a postage stamp I th- yeah I and think it's we'll just t-
1: the the commitment to not give up on a on a ball you know, yeah. that I think, I think we had all kind of been like, oh, the moment's gone, you know, Cess didn't, didn't pull it off correctly. And then he mm. rescued the moment. So I love that from him. And
2: I think this is where competition for places really comes in, isn't it? He must be coming onto the pitch thinking, I've really got to pull it out here in order to, you know, maybe start on Wednesday night. Um, and i um, I, I doubt that he's he's ever given a kind of half-hearted performance in his life. I think he's he's always he always looks like a very very committed player. Uh, you know, um, mm-hmm. even when I was kind of watching him as an opposing fan, but he seems kind of doubly committed at the moment. And, and you, you, you know, you can you immediately see why the Everton fans loved him so much because he just gives it his all, doesn't he? I think we ought to give. There's, I've seen quite a lot of the criticism of Cesson um for delaying the pass to Kane but I think we ought to give him a bit of credit for the the run before that and I thought you know to create the chance he was doing what Perisic wasn't doing earlier in the game so I you know the last bit didn't go quite as we wanted but the, you know the run beyond his I can't remember who's marking him now but the run beyond his marker was very very good he got himself into that position um and you know at the end of, the, of that move we did result you know did result in a goal I I had to laugh he he um he, he he posted on Twitter about about the result, but I saw I saw a load of replies where there's people trying to coach him on what he should have done, and you're thinking. <laughs> yeah he's a professional sportsman he's i think he good. knows and, uh, yeah i think he knows but also i think he's surrounded by people who will probably tell him what he could have done better you know tomorrow morning or you know you know maybe maybe on tuesday each, um and yeah, just, just like, my, I, I, I kind of, i, I kind of marvel at the mindset where someone's seeing that and thinking i know what i'll do i'll tell him what he you know i'll tell him what he did wrong so next time and and then it'll, then it'll be down to me because <laughs> just
0: yeah exactly i mean for any of us who have played with any regularity, you will know that you know the view from when you're on a football pitch in various areas is vastly different from that which we see in the stands and if I don't know if either of you ever ever stood on the pitch at White Hart Lane, either of them but it's pretty different. And to imagine res- the speed, mm. the pace, the, 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 how much time you have to make these decisions. I mean, there's so many factors. And you're talking about kids.
1: They're, they're kids. Yeah.
0: These guys are kids. I mean, t- t- yeah, I know. And then there's some wider on the couch coaching him by Twitter. It makes me think of that bloke in The Fast Show as a character in The Fast Show in the pub who's always giving people, uh, uh, you know, oh well, you know, this is how you do it. Like, you know, What we're basically saying is that yeah, you know, criticisms of Ryan Sessegnon should, uh, you know, you really need to check yourself a little if you're going to start advising a player on what you should do with the ball. Most of all, I think we'd all agree that I think if Ryan Sessegnon had that moment again, he probably would have done something a little differently too. Because I don't think he was that impressed with himself uh, the way it played out either. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I fully agreed, Milo, fully agreed. Let me just ask this. And it's sort of a roundabout question um, and comes back to something we've been floating in and out of discussing with regards to why Sonny hasn't been playing and our midfield and how they may not have been gelling. Jonathan Lewin, the Guardian, wrote a match report that really sort of caught my eye because he said, you know, you can't quite tell what you're seeing with Tottenham right now. You know, it felt to him like we haven't quite gelled yet and aren't quite clicking. I, I want to ask both of you, do you think that this is accurate or do you think people just don't understand the way that we play? Under Antonio Conte, which is we do not have these, you know, eye of the needle passing midfielders. We, 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 we don't have those players and we're not going to be signing a player like that. It doesn't appear. So, I mean, this felt to me like a very typical Antonio Conte performance. By the end of the game, we're comfortable. Um, you know, that struggle the first half. We've been through all of this. Are people still struggling to understand that this is probably going to be how our season's going to be? <laughs> game to game. There's going to be a lot of games like this.
2: Yeah I mean I thought I mean even by say by contest standards I think this was probably a you know 6 out of 10 performance um so you know it wasn't a classic and most of what was bad was in the it was in the first half or in that kind of period from I don't know 10 to to 30 minutes of the first half uh, but as you said Steph you know it, it could have easily been um you know four or five you know Kane any other day scoring that penalty there was a couple of the good chances um and you know Forrest's heads could have could have dropped at that point who knows where it could have been um but you know, performance wise it wasn't great i think you're right about central midfield um you know he's we are seeing hoybier um do some very good long balls and and through balls but you know predominantly um conte wants his creativity to come from, to come from the flanks you know we spent quite a lot of time talking about um royal and sanchez together over the last few weeks or over the last last, last year or so um And, uh, you know, we know what that entails. Um, You know, we've already talked about Perisic having a quieter day today. Um, Well, there's your reasons. And there'll be other games this season when uh, things click and we'll look a lot better. Yep.
1: Yeah. I think the thing with the Conte system is that you need every cog in the machine to be finely tuned. So if Mm -hmm. there's, you know, two or three players who are not like at 100% for that individual game, the whole system is going to suffer a little bit. Um, The good news from that regard is that we're not playing at our highest level right now. Mm. And there will be improvement as the season progresses and people, you know, get fully into form. So that's, it's like a a two-sided coin, you know, the games can be a little stressful at times like today. um, But then when we're really on it, we're really on it. And I, I even yeah. think with after we scored the second goal, we could have gone on to just run riot and get a couple more. I was mm-hmm. surprised we didn't, honestly, especially with how much stoppage time was given.
0: So, yeah, yeah. well, I mean, I think I think mean, you know, obviously Richarlison had that chance, which you know, I think we all were hoping that he would cap mm-hmm. what would have been a spectacular substitute performance if he'd have scored his opening uh, goal. Totten Tottenham Hotspur Football Club would have been great. And there was that moment where he and Jed Spence combined mm-hmm. nearly, but didn't quite. It was obvious the two of them haven't spent too much time playing together. That seems to be the sort of thing that will work itself out if they actually get on a football pitch together a few more times. It does bring me conveniently to Jed Spence making his debut after that... Um, what looked like a little bit of a head injury for Bentoncourt. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was okay, uh, you know. Uh, but, you know, it's only a few minutes for Jed Spence, but, he, you know, he's he is a presence, isn't he? I mean, he didn't just tiptoe on the pitch and kind of wonder about, you know, filling a shape. He got in there, didn't he? He made himself known at both ends of the pitch.
1: And he was not far off having a debut goal, and mm. it would have been kind of an incredible story if that had happened at Nottingham Forest um so i'm he's a player i'm excited to see more of and i think we will over the next few weeks since we have so many games coming in succession
2: yeah i i thought you did pretty well i mean Obviously, he wasn't playing in his normal position today. We switched into a three-five-two 5 with Richarlison and, and Kane up top. So it's when uh, Kuliseski went off. Um, and then when Benton Kuhl went off injured, we went back to uh, more normal three-four-three formation and he was playing on the right of a front three. So it wasn't his usual position. But I thought he did pretty well. He was very, very um, uh, talkative. He was telling the other players where he wanted the ball. Uh, he was remonstrating with them when they didn't do what he wanted. Uh, which shows a lot of confidence for a young lad. Um, I thought he he did very well. Um, yeah, he could have very easily got a goal. I thought he also defended well and, and generally had a good performance. Conte talked him up in the press conference uh, this week. The thing that I thought was um, noticeable was um, you know we know that how much um, emphasis Conte puts on in, in how players train um, and their attitude and he said uh, I'm seeing a lot of desire a lot of will uh, from this player to try and reduce the gap to be ready with a young player it's important to have patience to work and then to improve I'm sure Jed for the future will be an important player for Tottenham
0: by the way excellent memory recall there of that full quote from uh, Antonio Conte Mylo, yeah. that's a brilliant recall there well done on that.
2: No, no, but it, it
0: is, you're right. He's, he's, uh, he had, he'd been talking up a little more and, and yeah, I agree with you both. It was a good. It was a good performance. Good stuff. Let's um close out a couple of things here. Let's look at Forest for a second. Uh, I, I, I think they're going to comfortably stay in this division. That's my take on it. They have signed a heck of a lot of players. Um, they, do, they look pretty fluid to me considering how many signings they've made. What were your thoughts?
1: I agree. I think they're only going to, to improve, once those players get bedded in, they also have um, a couple of players who came in that already have injuries that we haven't mm-hmm. seen yet. Uh, one of them is Omar Richards. Who they got from Bayern Munich, so I've seen him quite a bit, and I think he's going to be a really great player for them. So I, I don't think they're going to be in a relegation scrap at the end of the season by any means.
2: Yeah, I would agree. I, I was quite pleased that we we're playing them early in the season. We we're playing away there early in the season because it, it was. I was thinking it was before they'd have a chance to settle. But I'd mm-hmm. agree with you, Steph. I thought they played pretty well, and I think they're a good, a good football side, and they'll, um, they'll win games. It's going to be interesting to see how they bed in. And yeah, and what they look like in a you know a month or two's time, um, they're probably a team that the World Cup might actually help because yes, I agree with they're that. They're going to have a lot of players who probably won't be going to the World Cup, and that gives them a, yeah. you know a, a you know six to, you know six to eight week break in the middle of the season when they can really yeah. work on it, um, and it means that they may well get to kind of the Christmas New Year schedule a little bit fresher than a lot of other clubs
0: then actually it wouldn't surprise you if Steve Cooper hasn't figured that out and thought, well, we can afford to get away with this many signings because I will have a mini preseason season uh, uh, come, come the winter and I will be able to put it together. I actually was really impressed with how they responded to us going ahead so early. Yeah. A lot of teams in their position would have, you know, lost it for a good 10 minutes and probably lost the game completely and coughed up at least two or three more clear chances and we would have, you know... T- turned on them and, and put the game to bed but they they actually played very calmly there for a good uh, five ten minutes after we scored and that was very impressive to me um so yeah i think we're all agreed and and, and look it's great to have them back um you know in in the premiership it really is i mean you know the history of that club, mm. I think you, you you have to mention. You can't go through a pod talking about Nottingham Forest without mentioning Brian Clough. I don't think it's it, it, it's not a millstone. It's something that they is to be celebrated. He was such an important person in football. Um, and and the, you know this is a club who have won the Champions League twice, the European Cup as it was, and you don't do that uh without having had some pedigree. So really nice that they're back, and it is a fantastic day out. As glad to say that our very own Ricky was there in row two. Uh, right behind the goal. Um, uh, doubtless staring Harry Kane in the eye as he nodded that uh, superb cross from Richarlison home. Um, and uh, a great away day indeed, it always is.
2: It's quite nice seeing Forrest playing in a shirt without a sponsor on it as well.
0: Yeah, brilliant, right? How good is that? Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah,
2: yeah. They're, they're a club I've got a soft spot for. You know, I kind of grew up seeing uh, Clough's kind of Forest side in the you know, 80s and early 90s. And, um, you know, they always played football the right way. And, you know, one of my best mates is a, is a, is a Forest fan. So, um, yeah, I, I like them. Yep. Pleased to see them back. If, you know, there's clubs that ought to be in the top flight and they're one of them. Yes.
0: For those who never heard this quote before, it is one of my favourite quotes from any manager at any time. And Brian Clough once wrote, if football was meant to be played in the air, God would have put grass in the sky. I just thought it was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> so good. good
1: um one.
0: closing thoughts, one positive, one negative. Um we say in 30 seconds Caroline, but we are a little bit flexible. So three, two, one, on the spot, go.
1: My positive is Richarlison. He was a player that in the transfer window, I was not 100 percent on him, but he has really won me over immediately. I think he just has the tangibles and the intangibles that he brings to the team. So 100% in on Richarlison. Uh My negative is just like I said earlier. You know, we haven't quite had control of the game so far in the way that I would like. But I I don't doubt that we're gonna work up to that level.
2: Uh, my positive is that's um, us ten games ten Premier League games unbeaten now. And during that period, we've faced Liverpool, Arsenal, and Chelsea. So you know, it's not a not a soft run. It's those kind of runs, those kind of runs of performance that uh, title challenges are are built on. It's a bit early to be talking about that, but um, there's consistency there, even if the performances aren't quite at the level that we want. Um, And that kind of brings me on to the negative. I thought too many players had an off day today. But, you know, we've got, Wednesday's going to be a tougher game. And we've got, you know, once we get past Fulham, we've got, you know, tougher run of fixtures and we're going to need to up a level.
0: I'll start with the negative. Uh, For me, got to put your chances away have to i mean we had you know those two clear-cut chances in the first half got to be putting those away and uh i think we had a couple in the second half i would have expected us to put away so let's uh let's put those chances away folks. And uh, my positive, I'm going to be comparative. He sighed because he knows where I'm going here, Caroline. I've got a little comparative story. I want to bring you to the land of rock and roll, right, where getting drunk is a routine thing. You've got some people that get hysterically drunk and go jumping all over the place because they've had a good night out. And I'm looking across at our North London neighbours right now who seem to be celebrating 2-1 victories over Fulham like they've won the league. Um, And then you've got The rock and roll drinkers like the mighty Lemmy Killmister, who was a man who drank uh, a prodigious amount of, of, of bourbon nightly, I may say, but was never, ever out of control. He moved like a steam train consistently, taking care of business, getting where he needed to go. And that's how I feel we are right now. We are so consistent at this point. We are taking care of business and getting where we need to go. I didn't feel in any way worried that we were not going to win this game today. Uh, and, and that's the highest compliment I can pay. Uh, full confidence uh, that we were going to win today because we don't look like a side who doesn't take care of business anymore. Very consistent. And that, to me, is an enormous positive. And thank you, Antonio Conti, for instilling that in Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. Believers, we all are. So, <laughs> uh, I thought that was a lot of fun. Caroline. Thank you so much for being a part of our humble pod, Milo, as always. Thank you.
1: Thanks. It was great.
0: Cheers, Steph. Uh, Yes. And we'll be back next week to discuss our games against West Ham and Fulham. Uh, Yes, this is the beginning of like three games a week. So, uh, you know, it's all match talk for the foreseeable future. The latest Spurs news, what happened in the transfer window, we'll get into it all next week. Make sure you subscribe leave a review tell your friends give us a follow on twitter any other social media things you can do to enhance our presence and your enjoyment please do it and this is an instruction subscribe to n17women2 and sign up to spurs across the pond both are great but you must know that after listening to caroline over the last hour or so right very good as always thank you for joining us we'll see you next week bye bye.